Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. I was not going to have you stand in case you were. We are in the season of the church year, which is called Advent. And as a noun, the Oxford English Dictionary defines Advent as the arrival or appearance of a notable person or thing. And this time of year, we have all kinds of pictures in our head of what that notable person or thing is that we're on the advent of. Christmas Day, after all, what we're getting ready to celebrate, Jesus Christ. And when it comes to our Savior, we also have quite a few images about what he looks like during the Advent season. The images we love, the cute little boy in a manger, in swaddling clothes, eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. And for some of us, that may even be the Jesus we prefer to keep in our heads all year long. And as we have pictures during the Advent and Christmas season of what our Savior looks like, there are certain images that are almost certainly not in your head this Advent season. Images like that which is on the front cover of your bulletin today. A hazy sun with fire. And I've yet to see a nativity that features a refiner's fire, the smelting process, or a steel mill. And I've never seen a nativity that includes fuller soap, something that was a caustic bleaching agent used to get rid of dirt, impurities, and discolorations in wool or cotton in order to make it usable. And I've certainly never seen a nativity feature a winnowing fork. But those are the pictures that come to us in our scripture readings by John the Baptist in the Gospel of Luke and through God's messenger, the prophet Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, where he says that the coming Christ will be like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. Those are not the typical pictures we have of the Christ in Advent or during Christmas. In fact, they're pictures that are not exactly picturesque at all. They're pictures that might even make us a little uncomfortable. But for the children of Jacob, the children of Israel, the children of God, in Malachi's day, that's exactly the picture of Christmas and the Christ that they had. For they were in an Advent season of their own, the first Advent season. And they had been having a hard time. See, they had been captured by the Babylonians, forced into exile. And now the Persians had come and defeated the Babylonians and allowed them to return to their homes, at least some of them. And they were forced with the task of rebuilding not only their cities and their lives, but most importantly, their temple. But they had hope. Hope from the prophecies like that of the prophet Haggai occurring just a little bit before Malachi, 
who prophesies in Haggai chapter 2. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts, in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And the latter glory of this house, it shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. That peace is what the people of Malachi's day were in anticipation of. You can see their anticipation in the complaint they offer up to God. Where is the God of justice? And then their anticipation is only heightened by the Lord's response. We read in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1, his response, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming. And as we read in Malachi, no one can endure the day of his coming. He's like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. He's going to burn away the rottenness, the impurity, and the corruption in the world. Bleach the world so that's all that is left is the purest of the pure. That was what they had pictured for Christmas Day. It's a picture that's summed up in Malachi chapter 4, the last part of the Old Testament before the birth of Christ, where the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord's coming, is described as a great and awesome day. Great in the sense of magnitude, of importance, and awesome in the sense that it is awe-causing, fear-causing, jaw-dropping. The day of the Lord, or in other words, Christmas Day, to those in Malachi's time, it was a huge, scary, jaw-dropping day. And then it happened. And a baby boy lay in his mother's arms in Bethlehem. Over 400 years after Malachi prophesied our reading for today. And for many in Israel, that first Christmas day, that's not the Christmas day they thought was coming. In fact, it was not the Christmas day nor the Christ that they wanted. They had waited over 500 years for this event to happen, and they didn't think it was going to happen like that. It was not their picture of what Christmas would be at all. So now I ask you a question. What is your picture of Christmas? More specifically, what's your picture perfect Christmas? Close your eyes and think about that for just a moment. And now I ask a slightly different question. What's your picture of this Christmas? What are you personally on the advent of in 2018? Does it match that picturesque Christmas I asked you to imagine just a moment earlier? Do you finally have it all together this year? You have the perfect tree, the perfect plants, the perfect presents. You're going to get all the family together, at least the family you want to see. And it's finally going to work out just like 
you hoped. In fact, you're probably thinking, I wish the vicar would just stop talking about refiner's fire and fuller's soap so I can get on celebrating, relaxing, enjoying my picturesque Christmas. Or is that picture of Christmas this year much different than the picturesque Christmas I ask you to imagine? Different because things simply can't be as picturesque as you'd like them to be this year. Maybe the decorations are a disaster, or more importantly, financially, things are just tough. Jobs are uncertain. Families are uncertain. The drama and the infighting and the stress is already overcome you like a wave, and you're just kind of dreading what you're on the advent of this year. Or maybe you hate thinking about this Advent season and this Christmas. Hate it because it means that things can never be that picturesque Christmas ever again. Because that loved one who you desire so much to spend time with is no longer with us. Or there are distractions and destructions and obstructions that are never going to be removed. And you can't have that picturesque Christmas. You look at what you're on the advent of and all you see is a train wreck coming down the tracks. But if that is all we're thinking about when we're thinking about what we're on the advent of this Advent season, the pictures of Christmas, both good and bad, and if the only Christ we're thinking about is the Christ we want to think about, that little baby, cute, cuddly boy, well then we're missing what we're truly on the advent of this year. What we're truly preparing for in Advent. And truth be told, it's not our preparation, but what God has prepared for us. What we're truly on the advent of is the advent of Christ's second coming. That the Savior will once again come. And for us who are children of God, just as Malachi said, we will not be consumed, but we will be made pure. And it is not our preparation, but God's preparation which has done this. What he prepared, refining us with fire and the Holy Spirit, washing us with water and the word, forgiving our sins with the blood of that baby boy in the manger. Where is the God of justice? That was the question the people ask in Malachi's day, and it's often the same question we can find ourselves asking today. Especially when what we see us being on the advent of personally is a lot more heartache and pain than festivities to enjoy. We ask that question, where is the God of justice? And there is an answer to that. Because on that first Christmas day, the God of justice, he was in a manger, a simple manger, put together with a few scraps of wood and some nails. 
And then he grew up and he lived the perfect life that you or I never could. And then the God of justice went back to something made of wood and nails, the cross. When we look at those nativity scenes with the baby Jesus, we often don't think what that baby was on the advent of. That he was going to die, that God had prepared him to die so that he could have you. So that you could be called the children of God. And at that cross, we do see the earth shake, as Haggai said. We read in the Gospel of Matthew that upon his death, the earth shook and the rocks were split. And we, as his children, get to make that same confession that the centurions who were watching this happen made, that truly, this is the Son of God. We might not like that picture of the Christ in Advent. And certainly, the world tells us that's not what we ought to be thinking about in the Christmas season. But there is one more picture that we need to be reminded of in Advent and even in Christmas. And that's the picture of the resurrection. The reality of God's salvation. The reality of his grace and mercy for each one of you. It's a reality that's not made up of what we think, but what God has done. It's not made up of what we picture Christmas should be, but what Christmas really is and what it's about. Our picture-perfect Savior. Amen. We continue with the singing of our canticle.